0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Planning Face Syndicate. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight in our Adepticon 2022 recap. I almost said 2020 because it doesn't feel like two years have existed. (laughs) Joining me tonight will be JJ on the mic helping me out. But before we get to that, just want to say if you're here for some X-Wing content about how to strategize, tonight is not the night. We are going to recap lists. Talk about our experiences, show off some prizes we got, and kind of go from there. With that being said, let's bring JJ in. Oh, we also have another guest. He's gonna be a little still tonight, though. He's kind of and he and he he progressed backwards in years. I don't know. <laughs> Joining me is still image Charles along with JJ. How are you doing tonight, sirs?
1: I'm doing all right. And in case everybody's wondering, you know, that photo of me with my full beard next to Chris, um, I have um, in shame because of how poorly I didn't adapt the gun, have decided to completely trim it all off. So that way I can regrow my roots in X-Wing and become a better player. And then my, my victory beard will come at that moment.
0: So. Thank God I didn't commit to that because I look worse. <laughs> like I look younger than you do when i shave my beard like it's bad bad like little kid bad (laughs) same way my father like doesn't grow goatee he just has the stupid caterpillar mustache and when he before he went really gray when he would shave it off it would be like a 10 year difference easy no questions asked (laughs) you just look like you joined the military today that's all
1: Oh, yeah. As a person who actually was in a military school. uh, Yeah, we had to do the complete like head shavings and stuff. God, I hated that. That was the worst part of it. I hated
0: that, man. Yeah, I can imagine. It's not for me. Um, I had thought about joining the military after high school and promptly walked the other way. Um, So we're matching color shirts somehow tonight, too. (laughs) We did not coordinate that, folks. Um, Anyway. So we wanted to talk tonight about Adepticon and, and we're going to go over a, a whole bunch of things. So lists are going to be farther down the chain. It's more about the experience about 2.5. What did we get out of it? What do we see? How do we feel about it? And kind of go from there. Um, And I also have some pictures I want to share because I think some pictures um are great. And I think that that kind of, you know, can tell a story. So I will admit I'm not the best um person to take pictures. Like I forgot 80% of the time. I actually was starting to take pictures of each of my games so I could like remember them. So when we came on the show, I'd be like, oh, I did this wrong. Um, but there are two games that I failed at. I failed that so bad. I remember what I did wrong in both games 100%. <laughs> so um, overall, though, I think that the experience was very positive. Um, I will say we will get into kind of some scenario discussions. Um, and our thoughts on how that piece goes now that we've actually played it in person. And yes, we have pretty openly been um, very pro the 2.5 changes, um, but we have some suggestions. We'll just put it that way. There is definitely some suggestions, especially for tournament play, um, that we would like to see changed, I guess, is the best way to say it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So how what why don't you start JJ and tell everybody how your experience was and why you didn't bring your Giants hat and how that impacted your whole career at the
1: <laughs> So yes, I did forget my freaking Giants hat. Like I was I was actually visibly upset because I was like, "Damn it, nobody's going to recognize me without my Giants hat." So <laughs> um but uh it was a blast uh i haven't been out to like a big tournament like that since 2019 here at the uh, melbourne regional and um and it was just—it was just such a great time uh, to to meet you guys, uh, to to meet you in particular, and meet Bruce Squadron, and also see a lot of the other podcasters in person. Uh, meet Greg from NCX. Meet uh, Dion. And um, in reference to Dion, he is exactly as huggable as you think he is. He is a really, really nice guy. A really great guy. Um, got to see uh, Devin and uh and Arwen as well uh which is really great to like see them in person his family um really with a great crew there also meeting uh Will Haywood in person and uh and Marcel and uh, it was just a ton a ton of fun of uh like putting faces to people that you talk in discord and stuff and it was just an overall just really great experience um, for me um in terms of the Swiss itself um, I did go two and four um, there was really only one game that I can say that I just completely, um, got like blown out of the water. And that was because I decided to joust the list. Um, and, uh, that was probably the wrong decision in that, at in that point, <laughs> but every other game that i had, um, it came down to the final turn and just, uh, just things that could have been, um, that had it gone a different way. Uh, I, I would have ended up coming up on top of it. Um, the claims were very, very close but uh, hats off to those players. Uh, I got to play Tyler Tippett. I got to play Ben Doyle, uh, which are solid X-wing players. They're they're top-notch players, and uh, they, we had a really great
0: time playing the game. So yeah, awesome. So you also played in the Redemption event on Sunday, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, I played in the Redemption event. Um, I did better that time. I did two and two, um, and I I was actually. Playing with a modified version of my swiss cut list uh where i was actually trying out blazer bomb uh which after playing it in the redemption tournament i actually wish that would have brought it with me in the swiss cut because i felt that it actually did a lot more um for me uh with my list and how it works than thermal detonators did um but uh but yeah it was uh was really great to do that redemption tournament it was just like nice like no pressure and that uh, just had a lot of fun just en- enjoying my list. So,
0: yeah, And I will say, cluster mines are key for everything. I don't care what yeah. it, especially now that they're only five points. Um, if you are going to take bombs and not throw them because you're degenerate like JJ, that's what you get. That's, <laughs> that's what you get for br- bringing trajectory B-wings. Seriously. I told you that shit was going to happen. Um, but if you if you have the ability and the five points to bring mines, 100% just like cluster mines are clutch. Um, and I'm kind of questioning if, like, Grudge in some of those, why they don't bro- bring cluster mines because you hit them with two of them. It's two dice per time. Grudge gets his re rolls. You can't just roll all four mm-hmm. at once. Um, and I will say there were some things that happened that during some of my games that if I had been able to do those things, it would have um, I, I, the, I been able to reroll. I would have had dead ships, not me. Other ships would have been dead. Um, so, yeah. So I went three, one and two, which is I got a draw for my last game. Um, so I don't know how people want to rate that. Essentially, it's my fault for the draw because I went forward too fast and missed the objective. I literally like that much Oof, um, with with awesome. click and if I had done that that would have been um, we played five rounds so until he reclaimed it I would have had five or six p- extra points and would have easily won that one le- won that one um I flew a republic list I flew three and ones three V wings and um Barris which you know Barris is a no-brainer in Republic. Um, I kitted mine out probably a little bit different than other people did. Um, I put cluster mines on click and then I put an R3 and that was it. Um, And being able to lock my own ships to prevent range bonuses uh, was 100% key three times throughout the whole tournament. Other than that, it didn't matter. People just stayed far away and shot freaking missiles at me. But um, (laughs) other than that. I It it, it did work. And the cluster mines uh, went off. I nailed three people with them. Nice. Um, uh, One of them, unfortunately, again, this is where the grudge rerolls comes in. One of them, unfortunately, if I had been able to, would have been dead, and I would have won that last game as well. But, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, uh, for me, I did manage to get um, a few, like, trifecta uh, drops uh, with... um, with my Braylon and the cluster mines. And what's particularly useful of my particular list, um, I I made a change at the last minute to include uh, Sabine Crew in my AP5 list, uh, which allows you to uh, carry a jam token, a stress token, a tractor token, and an ion token. And in almost all but one of my games, I managed to actually um, tractor somebody onto the third mine um, like I'll hit them for two, then track them onto the third mine and h- make sure that single ship hits all of those mines. And you get to put on, um, you get to use uh, Sabine's ability to add on all the different effects. If you need to, um, to really like lock somebody down with that. Um, in one of my games, I was able to completely wipe out a, uh, a mace Windu and, um, and severely cripple a Barriss uh, with cluster mines and, um, and and I actually got Mace to go into a proton bomb as well after that, um, so it was um, it, it was really effective uh, using those cluster mines to just completely like blanket an entire area, and just uh, have that control with the beam.
0: So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So both my my actual losses, the first one um, would have been very close if I had not. Um, I, I when I went in, I kind of went in on a pincer movement. And then for whatever reason, I dialed in the wrong maneuver. I dialed in a three talon. So the block I had on Braylon, because we were pretty even. He was ahead by five points uh, at that point. But I stupidly taloned my um, in one, and then got it out of the fight. And that that sunk that game one hundred percent. I probably still would have lost, but it that one would have been a lot closer. Um, yeah. And same way with. I went the wrong way with Barris at the end and what didn't get the shot again on Braylon, except for the range zero and, you know, two dice don't do shit uh, when he has three health left. And yeah, exactly. my second loss was a, I did the same thing you did, and I jousted a um, Interceptor Swarm, which by the way, Goran is the best, like, Goran is the best ship in Empire, period. Better yes, than is. Vader for the price point. Hands mm-hmm. down. Um, so that was, uh, that, that was my fault for jousting when I didn't need to joust and I should have brought him through the rocks, but essentially I jousted, I will say they took two ships off the board in first engagement and this was chance encounter. So I lost two ships every time they shot, it took their whole swarm to kill them. But with those two ships, I rolled two evades out of every shot, out of all six shots for that literally to a thing. Um, wow. So yeah, it's pretty easy to take that off the board. So, um, that kind of put me behind in that game. And that, that's kind of why that one spiral spiraled out of control. Um, as fast in the second event that we played the redemption event, I went three, one and Oh, I had a one tie, um, with a like-minded FO list. And yes, we're going to talk about ties tonight. Cause I, um, I am going to be a very vocal opponent of ties, especially in competitive play In a uh, local play. Don't give a shit, whatever, move on in tournament play. I despise it. I cannot stand it. And th- that'll be a big, that's, that's like my, um, my beef that I have like very largely with how the competitive event went. Um, especially because I've played only in two tournaments and but I've played probably over hundreds and hundreds of X Wing games. I guess I played in online tournaments, right? So I probably so I played in ten to twelve tournaments. Not once has any of my tournament games ever gone to final salvo ever. Um, but in this this new scenario format, I had two games tie, two of them, and ironically, they were against mirror matches, by the way, or almost likewise mirror matches. So, um there was that I played FO for my second list and by the way I'm going to keep that list in my kit cuz that was a very fun list to play. I played um I think it's whirlwind is the uh whisper and you get hey yes. you get you get a focus token for every enemy ship in front of you. And the the most hilarious thing is when I had four one of those big focus tokens that i'll show you in a minute just (laughs) sitting out surrounding them and i you put (coughs) advanced optics which by the way jj was 100 percent the right call every time advanced optics triggered every time so cluster missiles advanced optics cluster missile advanced optics you know
1: i told you man i told you that was the uh that's the secret sauce there for that particular um that particular build because that uh that event optics just helps generate so much more offense, especially at all those focuses. It's really good.
0: Yeah. All right. So that was kind of on a high level, our tournament experience. Why don't we get into our pictures? So we do that. And I, I feel bad. Anybody that's watching yeah. or listening to the stream, you'll have to forgive me, um, but we're going to show off some pictures. So there's day one. There's me Thursday morning. Very little sleep, tired, walking around the convention, looking at shit I'm going to buy uh, before we decided to play um, in a duos tournament, which, by the way, was really amazing. Uh, so here's a duos tournament. There is, um, I don't remember, oh, the guy in the middle was my, uh, my teammate, and the way the duels worked is essentially, uh, you know, you got paired up randomly with a different person each round. Now, here's the funny thing. Some of the people here were playing some of their lists for Saturday. So, uh, Donald, who made Top Cut, for example, I played with him. We did not win, but that's probably because I played droids. I played droids. Um, <laughs> I played four droids and Grievous because I thought that'd be fun. Um, but he like I got a preview of what his list did, and like he was like he was like talking about all the tech, and then I think he finally realized he's like all right, we'll just don't say anything to anyone, okay? I was like, don't worry, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> ruin your your FL list. Um, so this was game one, and this was this was fun. Um, there's one of my teammates, uh Sean, playing duos uh, on stream. Uh, his list was disgusting, and we'll get to that and why later. Uh, yep, there's our game one. So here's my grievous, there's the decimator, there's the ghost, there's all the droids, plus he, this guy had four um whatchamacallit, uh X1s. And Zertek had his fancy um threat tracer. So <laughs> um I lost two droids before he got his Thread tracers off, but then I had two droids I1s that had double calculate <laughs> <and> target locks. <laughs> so that that was fun. That was the fun. That was that was fun. I like that. Um, here's some of the other guys uh from the Bruce Squadron. So this is our local group. Um unfortunately, none of them made cut. There is Nick Sperry, Colfax, Greg, JJ, and myself. So this is before we left. Uh, we decided to uh, take a picture together I think we hung out with Greg at least once that weekend yeah, out of site right. and uh colfax at least twice so
1: yeah it was a great night that was actually the night after the the cut it was uh or after Swiss we were all like so freaking exhausted and uh, actually no I'm sorry it was the night before yeah it was the night before because we had to like get there early to um to register for the, or rather, to sign up or sign in to make sure we get all of our stuff for the Swiss to cut, and uh, yeah, we went out to eat the night before. That was a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Yep. And there's me and JJ, and there's me and JJ and Sean dropping JJ off at the airport. Here's a good picture of JJ, uh, me making sure he knows the Giants suck. <laughs> oh, here's the second picture where I tell him the Giants suck when I take a picture. So it's a, it's a tradition now. He's yes. every time he's gonna hear about how much the Giants suck. <laughs> I might even put that in the intro overlay. So, all right. So here is round one of my game, and I only took this picture and I only edited it in here. And this is for objective play. Notice how, um, where how close he had to put my offs my objective. So I was first player. I won the roll off. I placed here. He put his in the center, which seems to be like the common place that everybody wants to put him. Um, And then when I placed his, I placed his right as far to the top as I could. And what that meant is he couldn't place mine at the top or mine at the top over here. So if you bring your first one in a slight bit, they have to put your second one in closer, which is either good or bad, um, depending on the scenario. You know, For the scenario where you have to have ships around it, Unless you have a swarm, it's not super great. Um, But, yeah. So, anyway, I I went ahead and put those in there because that's going to be a topic of discussion that we have um, coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Here is the awful breakfast that the hotel served uh, that I did not eat because a bullet. By the way, those are not eggs. Those are supposed (laughs) to be tater tots or hash browns, I guess. And I added the pepper. I added it like that's the yeah our
1: our hotel was very um lively to put nicely (laughs) we also ended up getting stuck in the elevator um a few times uh which was kind of scary because you just never knew when you were going to get out
0: i never got stuck in the elevator once um you were lucky i was lucky lucky. jj and i did scale the stairs at least once or twice um uh, because we didn't want to get stuck in the elevator <laughs> oh heck no uh so we did some warm-up pods too if anybody knows josh chung uh please reach out i don't know what his twitch or his discord name discord is but if, it, if anybody knows it i owe him two tickets or like an alt art card so if he if somebody gets a hold of him and messages him tells tells him the message plenty face syndicate or Um, Christopher Tanner, I I owe him a card. So he can't have my Gurry card, that one, or my Braylon card. Those are the two I will not give up. But I do owe him a card. And, um, because he left halfway through this and I held his tickets and I could not find him on Saturday to save my life. So if anybody knows him, make sure he gets a hold of me. I do owe him. Um, warm up pods were very fun. I was, I went two and one in warm up pods. So, um, that was fun
1: yeah I think I went yeah I think I went three and I think the last game came to like the final round and I won by like a point or two um but yeah that was very very fun the warmer pods
0: so here's the loot ignore the shovel knight um I bought that that was not a prize that cost me like a hundred bucks uh don't tell did me you when. play it yet I have not it's still sitting on my table it's waiting for my son to come home this weekend um because that's like him his favorite game kind of and um and my daughters they they all play that together so i bought the board game version of it i hope to god it's good i for what i paid for it i thought it was gonna be this like tiny little box No, no no it's like it's a big effing square so nice uh it's cool so i won a sith infiltrator if anybody wants to buy one um i won an rz2a Uh, The template tray was from uh, Making Top 4 on Sunday. And then these are all the alt art cards um, I bought minus the Grievous and the Fanatical. Those were handed out to me. Um, Those focus tokens are metal. They are amazing. Like, they are the best thing. I should have bought more of them. I'm very sad I don't have more focus tokens, but...
1: Yeah, I, I kind of hesitated on it because I was like, yeah, they look good, but I don't know. And then after like seeing it on the table, I was like, dang, now I got to go get it. And then they were completely gone. They were like gone on like day two, right?
0: Uh, they you were know, they, they sold out on Saturday. So, yeah, yeah. But it, it probably I think people were redeeming them throughout the day. Um, I bought mine on Friday. I had seven tickets and I bought six of them. I figured I wouldn't need more than six uh, that often uh, then on Saturday or on Sunday, I didn't use them Saturday. I used them on Sunday, and um, I could have used more of them because of Whirlwind. So <laughs> <laughs> when she had four herself, um, it it made sense. Yeah, uh, and that's just another shot. I don't know why I put duplicates. So, oh, this PO card was a giveaway too. That was not a purchase, and that wedge card was a, a giveaway. Some of these are really cool. The Ahsoka Tana one is a dual card. Um, that's probably probably my favorite one minus the Guri card. I really like that yeah. card, and I will run Ahsoka and Barris until um, they nerf them. Um, uh, there's the yeah. Guri card and the Nora Wexley card, and again, I'll play both of those ships. Um, at some point, uh, Guri is upside down. It looks like. Those yeah. are really cool looking. I got the OB one as well. So I'm excited to play that as well. I yeah, like I gotta
1: one. say that just in general, I think that this um this tournament had a lot, a lot, a lot of prize support. Um, even if you weren't making like top cut, you know, there's a lot of uh ships being given out randomly. You know, Dion would um just go to table to table every once in a while and just say roll. Uh, roll dice and whoever like a crit gains that ship for free and he did it right there on the spot um he even did that during the Redemption tournament um you know also giving out um the the new um white objective uh tokens uh for playing there in the in the Swiss round that's really nice and also the 1.5 ruler uh those are really nice and I uh, keep them in my arsenal now um and then just overall, just interacting with the community, I think that they just did a solid job of just, you know, uh, doing the best that they can. I mean, uh, I know that a lot of times during the tournament he was, like, completely, like, his voice was, like, gone just from, like, talking constantly. But he still gave it his all, you know, and um, I, uh, they, they did a fantastic job.
0: So the tokens on the left, I don't know what those are, but we won those um, on Sunday. The dark side tokens uh i did buy those um yeah those same here, were five bucks those. and i bought those because they look amazing and yeah. i will use them for something i have no idea
1: vader or kylo
0: vader kylo maybe maybe assage i know it's assage oh you know he, they could be used for ahsoka too technically because she was in that temple um mall maul dooku anybody so they were they were really cool um and then the template tray uh actually because the template tray i have is built into my portable kit um i don't actually have a genuinely larger template tray and i think what i'm going to do is switch up what i use um at locals and use that tray and uh go from there so sad thing is it doesn't fit my 1.5 ruler in there so
1: Yeah, I know that I kind of get triggered every time I'm trying to put that away because it doesn't fit anywhere. So I'm like, ah, like I got to find another storage solution for it.
0: All right. So what do you want to do next? JJ, do you want to talk about experience or do you want to run through lists real quick? Let's go through the list. Let's do it. All right. Okay. So I did breakdowns and i think this is important and and you know what this is probably more important to that conversation that we're gonna have about um we're gonna have about 2.5 and all of that here in a few minutes um and i know charles is not here tonight so some some of this will be talked a little bit about next sunday um as well but i wanted to go through the numbers tonight because i think it's important so they had 185 total uh people that played and 19 people made cut. So essentially 10.2% made cut. Just a little bit over 10% is what the cut rate was. Um, they did do a five and one. You could not go four and one and one. You could only go five and one. And they it, it didn't care if it was a draw or a loss, but you could not have, uh, you had to have five wins. Um, and we'll get into that in a little bit, whether I like that or not. Um so the the two lists re- Rebel and Republic tied they both had 50 50 lists. Um the next one was Empire followed by First Order, Scum, Resistance and Separatist. Now the two re- factions that did not make cut at all was Resistance and Scum. I don't think that's any shocker to anyone there. Um Though there was a scum list that did come close uh, to making cut. So there is that a hey, Colfax and out of the top cut three empire made it two First order, six rebels, seven Republic and one separatist. And yes, I'm excited by the separatist list though. I'm not going to probably play it cause I don't like sun fact. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be honest. Um, so then I broke kind of down uh, the top cut percentage, the faction percentage, and their top cut rate, right? So um, obviously First Order did better. than their faction percent Empire did worse, but not by much. Uh, Rebel did better. Republic did extremely well. Um, and then Separatists, obviously, when you only have nine lists and one of them makes cut, there you go. <laughs> uh, that's an easy one. <laughs> Yeah. Did you? Hey, Colfax. Did you lose to Donald? Is that who you lost to? Um. So I will say the the next set of numbers I did it is yeah, and Donald was a good player. I feel bad for you, Colfax, because Donald told me his strategy ahead of time, but I couldn't tell anyone because I played with Donald in duels, and he that dude is a really nice guy, by the way. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this was the breakdown. So what I did is I said, okay, if we go back and let's compare, and I know people are going to be like, why are we comparing 2.0 to 2.5? I, I, I want to look at faction rates versus cuts, right? Um, so empire at the beginning of 2021 was 16 and a half percent. They dropped off at the end of 21, right? Because of the fact that they got nerfed quite heavily. Um, and then this time they came back. Now, the diversity in, in, in Empire lists was very slim. There's only one that stands out that's very different than some of the other lists, and we'll get to that one. Um, their cut rate, again, is very similar to the same as the beginning of last year. First Order was, uh, in terms of cut rate, they got a little bit of a nerf, but I think that's more because there was a lot less lists that were being played. I don't think people thought bombers were going to be good. Um, And I would actually challenge that. Uh, I think the bombers are in a a, a primo place right here. Um, Yeah, I agree. Rebel started out at 17 and 14. They they double, almost doubled right in in, at the end of the year. And they were at almost 30% of the cut and they just got stronger. They're now 31% of the cut.
1: They go up, 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 but, you know, they keep on getting more and more toys, and in terms of, like, options available to them across the board uh, with the ships that are standard legal, uh, they're they're definitely just one of the top factions uh, to go. I mean, it, it was hard not to go down the table and not see, like, uh, Republic or uh, Rebel List on the board, because they're just, they're good.
0: And I won't lie, I was one of those suckers and ran a Republic List, and JJ ran a Rebel List, so, um, just... Just throwing it out there, we bought into the meta, <laughs> and that's what we did. So, um, I mean,
1: I, I was there the whole time, but yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Rebel got huge. Republic, we saw uh, over a 50% jump, um, which I think was, again, if we look at points balancing, that's way too high of a jump, in my opinion. And then you see resistance uh, had been steady, and resistance just dumped out. Same with scum. Scum got nerfed in the end of the year last year, and they just kept going down. Now, again, Adepticon's one tournament, right? So uh, you got to think this is all the GSP stuff versus the one. But still, as of right now, we don't have a bunch of major tournaments coming up. This is the numbers. Um, And then Separatists, as you can see, continue to decline um, in their numbers as well. So this is just, and maybe this is just because of the job I have, but so I broke it down into a fancy little graph for y'all. And so you can kind of see the discrepancy and the disparities between the numbers. So it just kind of, all it does is kind of show you, you know, the same thing we looked at before, but in a visual, which looks nicer. Yeah.
1: Now to me, the most interesting part of this graph here is just the difference between the resistance and the first order, right? Um, these are two of the the sequel factions that came out that have not as much ships as the other factions. Um, there's less options available, and yes, they do have quite a few pilots um, in the chassis that they have. Uh, specifically, like the um, the silencer uh, or like the the um, the fo fighter, tie fighter, and the tie sf. Um, they do have quite a lot of uh, different pilots there where they can fill out a list um but in terms of like different chassis available it's not as diverse as the old um the original trilogy uh factions um yet first order um did very very well um in the in the tournament and resistance just i i it just didn't pan out i mean there was um there were a few resistance lists that i saw on the on the tables out there but nothing really kind of like stuck out and i think it's just the the lack of options um, for those factions, but it's just weird that resistance is affected a little bit more than the first order. And I think it's probably because the first order has the uh, accessibility to a command ship, like the sea shuttle, um, whereas the resistance doesn't have that availability.
0: Yep. And I think, I think the standout here is rebel has had huge jumps um, in the last two cycles and then republic just buried everything so it shows you where they either lacked play or where they chose to just allow things to go through i won't say which it was because i wasn't a playtester this time so um so yeah so those are the numbers um and I, I, we're gonna burn through the list pretty quickly because they're way too similar um Nathan Iden or id Iden. I don't know how Idy, to say his yeah id uh he mm-hmm. was he was the winner of the whole thing uh in a what was it a two or three round final cut game it
1: was a three rounder
0: yeah, yeah. um anyway so he went with Anakin in the y wing with uh I, I don't know the shattering shot is the standout there you go he's got the ion yeah. cannon on the side proton torpedoes and shattering shot. Um, the funny thing is, is we've uh, outside of the afterburners, uh, this has been a um, a ship that we've been running in Aces <laughs> High. Um, just so you know, like this is like the Anakin in the Wine Wing has had very good success in Aces High. Yeah, it really has.
1: Um, yeah, we we pretty much face uh, a very similar list. The I think the only difference was what Instinctive Aim and something else um and uh in aces high on the first day that we were there and it did really really well on its own uh and you add that kind of ship to a list like this it's really going to stand out
0: yeah um obi and the ada with the crit bot yep ahsoka with compassion and chopper uh barice Bar- barice, barice. He's <laughs> yeah. Ferris, Ophi with Instinctive aim, Concussion Missiles, and um, Calibrated Laser Targeting, uh, and Contrail, which Contrail, it's another conversation we're going to have in a few minutes. That's, I don't know. It, it, an I2 for two points is just insanely good.
1: I5 I five, I five for two points. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Think about it this way I have my last game. We lined the majority of our ships up in the middle in the other board. And in fairness, like we had almost a mirror match. He had a Hawk, whereas I had the V wings, but we both lined our contrails up to get the objectives on the other side. And it was just, it was literally player roll off. Who's going to get close enough to get the objective a, and who's going to get the, um, who's going to shoot. Right. We both take the one objective um, I take it first and then literally our contrails just kind of circled each other taking the objective back and forth from each other for the whole effing game until my <laughs> contrail got bored and ran away so once my contrail got bored I stupidly left him over there by himself anyway Marcel Manzano was the runner up he ran Gina with selfless which I believe I don't know if he's ever triggered that I, I, I can't imagine that trigger
1: in the GSV podcast, he said that he remembered it like in the fifth game and then uh, f- forgot about it for the rest of the tournament.
0: <laughs> yeah. He ran a TS with seismics and jamin beam, netrum Pollard with um ion bombs, Derek with Vector Cannons, Lieutenant Blount, Marg or Meg Va Yarrow in the Y Wing um and that's i think that's got to be his secret sauce right there is that um specific ship uh and then shara bay and the a-wing with crack shot thread tracers and vector cannons pretty solid list but i think margo is the 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 ace not the ace but the you know
1: the utility ship there that helps find it yeah definitely and for people who are not familiar with micro yarrow ability allows um, affects all her friendlies that are near her, uh, I believe within range 2 of her. It basically prevents uh, the enemies from rerolling more than one dice on attacks, uh, which if you're rolling like a Proton torpedo and you roll only one hit in three blanks, uh, that's going to feel bad, especially if you just reroll one die and it ends up becoming a blank again. Um, that uh, that really limits your offensive potential.
0: Yeah, And the funny thing is the um, did- does it does it if does it work on themselves too no
1: it's uh enemy ships
0: okay so there's no downside to to it
1: at all nope not at all
0: and it's cheap it's five points
1: yeah it's a really solid uh, uh ship for that particular list and it a access that a carrier as well and um, and also the in Marcel's list uh, a Sabine carrier as well in the same ship, and it's a three die uh, attacker uh, that can uh, that can move around pretty well uh, with contraband cybernetics. Um, there was a a tactic that he was talking about on GSP stream where he can uh, essentially do uh, st- like keep Magva in the same place for about four turns. Um, he could Leia um, and then full stop, then stop on the regular on the next turn. Then contraband cybernetic stop, and then on the fourth turn, he can Leia again. And then on the fifth turn, he can finally move. So once he gets uh Micah where she needs to be, he could just have her sit there the entire game. And if you think about it, four turns that's basically the entire game. Um, that's that's really really strong for that particular ship.
0: Uh, yep. All right. Now, onto our top four. Uh, We had another Republic list. This one with Anakin in the ADA, basically the same loadout as before, the Crit Bot loadout. Wolf um, with Crack Shot, RP, or R4P17, and a hull upgrade. Um, Barris, Ophi, same setup. Contrail uh, with Esk for whatever reason, which I bet you was a mistake. And yeah then click with Proton Bombs, hull Upgrade, and Bash. Um, I am not, again, I like my cluster mines better, and I liked my dual locks, um, but I can see how having one extra health would be very beneficial, like highly beneficial, because <laughs> everybody wanted to go after, um, after my click every time because of the cluster mines. Nobody wanted those cluster mines. <laughs> one time the the first game they went after click versus wolf and then just left wolf alone and here comes wolf you know right in and saying oh you have a crate no more you have a crate no more there goes my mag (laughs) pulse
1: um yeah it's really good
0: the next one is portney moore from the rebel alliance again again rebel again uh with istaban um, with Elusive and Lando Carrizian, Car- Veterans Hell Gunner, and Chopper, um, which I don't know what that Chopper does because I've never seen anybody run Chopper so, in Rebels.
1: Chopper is actually a really good upgrade in 2.5. So Chopper allows you to, um, if you bump an enemy, you can take a damage to perform an action. Now, in 2.5 rules, normally when you bump somebody, you can only take that red focus action. If you're on an objective and um, and you trigger chopper, you can take a damage and still claim that objective if it's still available. So that's really really good. It basically makes ibits them uh, unblockable when it comes to capturing objectives. Um, and now they and and they can't really mod against you if they're doing a range zero shot. So that's that's still really good.
0: And then he had she had Gina throwing proton bombs basically. Um, um, Edirial two tubes in the X-Wing, Adriel. which I, I don't even yeah. know what his ability does. I'm assuming it's just the initiative that they wanted and the cost. It's
1: yeah, it's the cost. So Edirial two tubes. If he ends up with a focus before he um, before he activates, he gets to perform an action. Um So that's it's really good. But um I think the only way to trigger it is with Benthic, uh, which he does have in the list as well.
0: Yep. And he has Benthic with Yarrow as well. And does the Yarrow crew upgrade do the same thing as it, it does already? not? Okay.
1: So the Magva Yarrow crew on uh, on Rebels allows the ship to acquire lock under the on the attacker uh, whenever they get attacked. So uh, if you decide to try to take out Benthic, he's going to get modded and um, and and have a really good shot on you. So, yeah.
0: All right top eight uh we have another republic list (laughs) jj
1: (laughs) yeah we got john babcock here uh running obi-wan kenobi in the aether sprite with patience and stick the fame concussion missiles uh clt plocoon in the delta 7 with patience r2d2 ion missiles and calibrated targeting uh quick note on r2d2 uh this is anti-bomb tech here because uh, after you fully execute a maneuver, you can spend a charge on R2 to remove a uh, bomb off the board. Or you can use it for reaching or uh, recovering uh, a hole on, on your ship. Um, so if you are going to be next to like a proton bomb or a um, or blazer bomb, you can use R2-D2 to, to take that off the board. And that's really, really
0: good. And it's not just uh, for you. You're taking that bomb off the board for all of your ships.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um and then uh to fill out the list, Barris Ophie with instinctive aim, concussions and CLT, Contrail with Besh, uh Wolf and the Arc 170 with expert handling seventh fleet gunner and r4p.
0: And I like that expert hand rolling. I think that's kind of cool <coughs> to see on an arc, especially yeah. because how often do arcs barrel roll? Um, not very often. Yep. Here is the first unique list we get to see. Uh, Steve Cattillo is running Layton D with Ion Cannon, Hull Upgrade, and the MGK300. Nash uh, with Shield and Sensitive Controls. Lieutenant Lore with Outmaneuver, Hull Upgrade, Sensitive Controls. Commander Goron with Predator, Shield Upgrade, and Sensitive Controls. And Pierce the with Elusive counter Nets and Shield Upgrade. This is definitely probably the most unique um, Empire list. I'm assuming that Steve took Leighton D and just kind of put him in the middle through Nash and Goran by there and Goran gets to break lock. So if you want to go after Leighton D he's going to go no more lock and here's a free evade. Um, 100% uh, Goran, especially if you're running lower initiative ships, Goran is the best ship and he, it's like the new Soons hair fell. There you go. Charles will have a new ship mm-hmm. he can hate. Um, though this one I feel is almost worse. Like, like it sucks when Soon here can outmaneuver you and throw four dice into you. But it sucks even worse when Goring goes, no more locks on whatever ship you need the lock to be on.
1: Yeah, on uh, on one of my, my matches that I had um, that I lost, uh, I faced a similar uh, Goron Swarm uh, with a bunch of alphas, and I severely underestimated the, uh, the power level of Goron um, because originally, as I understood it, you had to remove a, a red token in order for you to give the evade, um, but it was ruled at Adepticon that you do not uh, need to meet that requirement that you can still just give an evade to a ship even if they had no red tokens on them. Um, so the just to to give a, a ship and jet free of aid um, that priority of aid really really powerful for the empire
0: yeah you got a focus of aid every one of those you know whatever yep. interceptor oh you're gonna die here's focus of aid mm-hmm. don't die. don't die and get a shot Ugh. uh the next one is from Kirian. jj you can read
1: Yep, absolutely. So he was running uh, the rubber Alliance. He had Shara Bay here in the ARC 170 with proton torpedoes. Uh, Ibbet in the ARC 170 with hopeful and Leia Organa. Uh, Thane Kyrell in the T 65 with crack shot, ion torpedoes. Uh, Ironron Kraken in the Z 95 with passive sensors and ion torpedoes. Uh, Lieutenant Blount also in the Z 95. Uh, and then Derek Livian with vectored cannons. Uh, So a lot of great uh, like cheap ships and some heavy hitters there with Shara Bay and uh, Thane Kyrell.
0: All right. The next Empire list is the essentially it's a Tempest um, and Zedric Storm Swarm with Nash and Goran. Uh, They did put electronic baffle on Nash, which I thought was interesting um i'm not quite sure why they would do that personally i um, think just
1: fill out of points honestly okay yeah because yeah. once you put in tracers you only have two points left um so uh for that that chassis there's nothing else really to put it in so in a pinch if you do need to like k turn to like i'm mean, somebody you can always take a damage and baffle um uh, to take off that stress but um uh, yeah
0: And that's fair. I would have put munitions fail safe in case the tracers didn't.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's a good one. But
0: that's just me. Um, Elusive on Commander Goron just makes him even more uh, powerful.
1: Oh, yeah, by far.
0: Uh, Top 16. uh, There's nothing unique about this other than they have AP5 with K2SO and R4, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is similar to what you ran. Um, Gina, Tennub, Lieutenant Blount, all of them are throwing bombs. Derek and Sabine, which I saw Sabine in an A Wing and thought that was kind of cool. Um, that was something I'd not thought we would see a lot of. Uh, but essentially, she's loaded out to throw the torpedoes with Mandalorian optics, which is really good, um, for her. So, yeah. Oh, you want to read the next like yeah. list? So
1: the next one here, we have Francisco <laughs> Matas uh, in the Galactic Republic uh, flying another variant of the uh, the Republic Swarm. We got Ahsoka Tunnel in the Delta 7 with R7A7 predictive shot and our shield upgrade. Uh, Axe in the V-19 Torrent uh, with Barrage rockets, munitions failsafe and elusive. Uh, swoop with ion missiles, B, uh, munitions failsafe and snapshot. Uh, Tucker with Cluster Missiles, the Threat Tracers, Ammunitions, Failsafe with Predator. Um, that particular combo is really nice um, for the Republic because you can essentially have the attacks done by Axe and Swoop um, giving Tucker the focus that he needs. Uh, to either do tracers and um, and get a double modded shot if he needs to uh, typically you're gonna give him either an evade token with a barrel roll or just a target lock and uh, he's he's all set to go but at i2 shooting off cluster missiles in a in a bunch formation he's gonna do some damage at i2 so he's really good and then to round off the list contrail uh, with uh, besh and thermal detonators
0: how did he put thermals on, on I' sure how he this got is that illegal. Then.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was thinking the same exact thing as I was reading it, yeah.
0: Hmm. Judge? All right. <laughs> yeah, judge. All right. The only Separatist list brought in was Doug Howe, with bombardment, drones, three of them, all with proxies, delayed fuses, um, one with cluster mines and conternets, um, then... They had SunTAC or SunFAC with there Predator, and Afterburners. And this is similar to the Trajectory B-Wing stuff that JJ was doing with Sabine um, using that Tractor Token. Um, that's the idea with this one. And then Grievous with Outmaneuver Imperium Plating, Afterburners, and Solus 1, which I would say is probably the preferred um, the Grievous loadout that we have now. Hey, then that,
1: that one, you, uh, at aces high, right? It did win me an
0: aces high. Yes.
1: Yeah. Really yeah. strong.
0: Grievous. Yeah. I love Grievous. Grievous is my favorite, favorite ship to fly anyway. So I like this list. Although essentially what they're doing is those drones are going in, dropping bombs to ruin your objectives and force you to either take bomb damage or not. If you joust it and they live, you're going to regret it. There'll be so many bombs.
1: Yep, absolutely. And if you're thinking about trying to go sneak in and grab an objective and try to run away, those bombardment joints are going to give you some presence on your way out. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, just because the best part is that delayed fuses, right? With those, yeah. <laughs> you throw your proxy mine in front of you, put a delayed fuse on, go through it, takes the delayed fuse off, and then they have to go through it.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: Really good. I do have a weird question. and I guess he doesn't have delayed fuses on um, the the middle one. But if you put them on cluster mines, does it put it on all three or just one of them?
1: It does put it on all three. Yes.
0: OK, that's probably why he's not running it, because that would be very silly. It would be very hard to take those off and then they're not going to be effective. Um, yeah, I like the list. Next, we have Kyle. Oh, you look, another Republic list. Go ahead, JJ.
1: <laughs> so Kyle running in the Republic uh, with Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Delta 7 with instinctive aim, concussion missiles, R3 and CLT. Contrail uh, with just BESH and no bomb. I want to point that out. Anakin Skywalker <laughs> in the uh, the N1 Starfighter with passive sensors. R2-C4, and Proton Torpedoes. R2-C4, I believe, is the droid that lets you uh, spend and evade to change a focus into a hit. Um, Barris Ophi in the Delta-7 with instinctive aim, concussion missiles, and calibrated laser. And Hawk in the lat uh, with dedicated Barrage Rockets and Aayla Sakura. Um, I'm actually more surprised that we didn't see more of this list out there. Um, but uh, but this is a solid list with Hawk uh, just uh, providing that really good fire support with uh, Barrage Rockets and Ayla. Uh, Ayla giving you that focus coordinate uh, really strong.
0: Uh, yeah. Ayla 100%. Like, it, it, I don't know. Anyway, that's the topic for a different day. So, um, this is a similar list to what the people in my group were running. So, the Brew Squadron was running. Uh, they weren't running Obi or Anakin, but they did have Contrail, Hawk, and Barris, and then they were running Plocoon. Um and either Obi, Plocoon, and Anakin. I mean, they had a bunch of different variations on it, but that's what the um the group that I was with was running. Um was it so I've played against this a similar version of this list for the last two months. It's been super fun. Super um, Super fun. <laughs> I hate the hawk, and the idea is here is they protect it. If you could get behind the hawk and kill it, it's th- thats the only way to outpoint that list. Really, um, their effing um ability to instinctive aim with three force. Oh no, I spent a force to shoot a concussion missile, and I have a focus, and um, you know, sometimes a target lock too, and it's just I don't know. It's just there's just so many crappy things they can do yeah nerf jedi
1: <laughs> so the next one here is phil Newth in the rebel alliance running Hera syndula uh this is the first iteration of her that we've seen so far uh with marksmanship auto blasters plasma torpedoes hole upgrades stabilized foils and the title that lets her have azure bridger gunner um nora wexley with the arc 170 with expert handling maul and the whole upgrade uh, which putting maul on nora fantastic idea i
0: love That's that hilarious
1: uh if with expert handling tristan wren and whole upgrade uh lieutenant blount and the z derek killivian uh with vectored cannons so that interaction first with Hera, um, when I first was looking at it, I was like, I don't, I mean, other than giving Hera a force point, there's really no no interaction because Ezra only works in turret arcs. Um, but it, giving that availability to put uh, Maul now inside of Nora Wexling, the 70, uh, that makes store really, really good. Um, I, I actually enjoy that because that... Um, she can the dial on the Arc One Seventies is just really good, and she can go slow as much as she wants, and um and just take off that stress that she gets from regenerating the force. So this is um this is a really really interesting list. I definitely like this uh, this idea of putting uh, Maul in there.
0: Yep, I do too. And I will say I will consider this a unique list just because of that tech right there. That yeah, that's really good especially on Nora. Absolutely. And I will say in 2.0, this was never possible. Like nobody would have, you wouldn't have thought to run that, but now, now it's really good. So
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Donald Williams ran grudge with elusive ATP, electro chafe missiles, skilled bombardier and proxies dread, with electro chafe missiles again, skilled bombardier and proxies whirlwind with marksmanship predator, um, proton rockets, sensor scramblers, and the sweet nightfall with exact same loadout. And then Gideon Hask with marksmanship, fanatical bio hex script codes, agent Terex and commander prior. And I will say the commander prior and Agent Terex on Gideon it, that's this, that, that is the list right there. I'm not sold on the proton rockets per se. I mean, he obviously did very well. Um, and I guess with, if you can get that, if you're shooting electro chafe missiles that round and somebody hits it, can't get mods, but you can't take a target lock on them. I could see why are the, the rockets work really well. I just don't have good luck with rockets on those things. Um, unless you're yeah. able to take the lock ahead of time, you know?
1: Yeah, with the Whispers, you definitely want to run them in like a snaggle-two formation, um, so that way you trigger the bullseye a lot more often and helps you get the proton rockets off. Uh, typically, the um, with Gideon has giving the coordinates out, um, they can worry about reposition a lot easier and then just going in for that proton rocket shot there. Um, the only change i would have made for getting hass is getting rid of the biohex script crypt codes and marksmanship or proud tradition so that way uh terex, or, um has can stop and still get a, a focus um but uh but still uh, biohex script codes really good to just coordinate um like past uh past range too and uh and giving them that boost that they need so yeah
0: yep essentially you, you first phase you're locking one of your whispers that's what you're doing right that way you yeah, can exactly. coordinate wherever you want um yeah and just
1: like uh, Deslin dozen said you could fly into your own um chat cloud and prevent the b wings from double tapping you because they can't lock you either so that's that's actually really really smart i like that a lot
0: yeah you know, i like this list um i ran a similar i didn't run the bombers but i ran a similar list to this on sunday Cormac Higgins with Anakin in the ETA. Uh, basically, crit bot Anakin. Contrail with no bombs, no bombs. by the way. <laughs> uh, Click with Elusive, R3, Connernet and Besh. Mace with R4, P17, Compassion, Predictive Shot. And Ahsoka Tana uh, with Chopper, basically. So this list is one ultra-aggressive ship. And the rest of them are essentially uh, a designed to tank and take object- objectives. So um I like this list too. It's definitely a little bit different. Uh, but still, how many bloody Republic lists do we have to go through?
1: Right next, baby. Uh, Travis Johnson in the Republic, uh, sorry in the rebels rather. Uh, Luke Skywalker first uh, first look of him actually here in the top cut. Um, running with uh, instinctive aim, outmaneuver proton torpedoes, R3 astromech afterburners, uh, then Chewbacca uh, with hopeful base, Ursa Ren, Bistan Millennium Falcon, and uh, Sabine Ren within the A-wing, with outmaneuver predator ion missiles and optics, and then uh, Derek Clivian in the A-wing. I think this is the list that uh, that Sean was playing against that uh that he just basically uh sent Chewbacca right up the middle and just started just just held the middle because he just could like ignore all the crits because he could flip a crit every turn and uh just shoot uh double tap with Bistan and base Malbus and uh and get really, really good um shots off. So
0: yeah. Yep. This is a very uh very good list. <laughs> Um, I, I'm not sold on the outmaneuver on Sabine but I do like it on Luke I think it's spicy um, with Luke having that amount of uh, ability to do things and really if they throw bombs at you who cares right you know like yeah, what does it matter if they throw bombs at you oh no exactly. Chewbacca's is going to take one damage ooh not going to hurt yeah
1: him. absolutely
0: alright so the next two lists I don't know where all these came from. We'll,
1: we'll stop at the top 16, so we'll we'll just end it there.
0: Why did I say top 32?
1: You're probably just thinking of it.
0: <laughs> hmm. I added a whole bunch of lists in there. None of them are uh, unique um, at all, except for if you get down to the two that didn't make cut. So Crispy, um, if you know him from the GSP streams or from Greg's channel. Uh, He plays on there a lot. He played a first order list again, very similar um, except for embers in there, um, which I don't care what anybody says. I like ember. Ember is probably one of my new favorite um, fo ships. Like really, really good. Um, And then we had another separatist list baby that should have made top cut that did not because they had one draw. And they had two Bactoids with Discord missiles and energy charges, uh, three bombardment drones with cluster mines, counter nets, and General Grievous with the exact same loadout. I like this list a lot, and I will 100% be playing on this list. Except for I probably switch up Discords to something else, but I don't know. Um. And the re, I, I, if you go to our Discord, I posted a picture I believe in our Discord of dropping cluster mines <laughs> and counter nets while just sitting on a rock by an objective, like it's it's so nasty. <laughs> you have to fly so close to those things. Just so that close was a, to those things.
1: That was a good game last night that you played on NCX. I I really actually enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I, I my, the the difference between this list and that list on, on NCX that I played is. I played um, Bo-Katan and the Gauntlet, and that's because I'm now moving on to new meta because we're going to be getting on uh, them, and I want to make CIS great again somehow um, with my red shirt, I guess. It's actually orange, not red, but I really <laughs> want CIS to, to, to be able to to have some toys, and uh, it's sad not seeing them in the cuts as much um, as before.
1: Yeah. I mean, but that's, you know, that's just the, the, it's still early, right? You know, we're, we're still trying to figure out this meta. I mean, we've had 2.5 now for what, two months and actually more like a month and a half. And, you know, this is the the first that we're seeing of, like, the, the meta here. Obviously, everybody did flock over uh, to Rebel and Resistance because of the options that they have over there. But I still think there's a lot of combos out there that we're not seeing. Um, a lot of things that can come out that just is going to take a dedicated person to uh, put time to play test and, and uh, put effort into and do very well. I mean, I I was one of the people who didn't expect much from Separatists and Hank. They they made the cut and uh, that was a heck of a list. That's a great idea how they built that list.
0: Yeah, I think with the um, with Bo-Katan coming in, there is opportunities abound, um, especially because you can put super commandos on her.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And once you can put super commandos on her, that's two more little ships shooting things. You know, yeah. that, that frees up your other ships to take the actions they need versus staying alive. Right? Um. So, yeah. So now, what I wanted to get into a little bit is yeah, uh, as we wrap up here, right, is to talk through our ideas, right? Things that our experiences, per se. I mean, we told you a little bit about how we felt, kind of the fun we had. um, But we have I don't I'd, it's constructive criticism, I guess is the, is the way you would technically talk about it in business. Um, there was a lot of really good things that happened. I mean, I'll tell you what, I've never been to that big of a tournament for X wing ever. Um, which is funny because JJ's like, you're going to hate it because, uh, you're not used to playing. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, we had to get up early on Saturday to get there. And I didn't like it because I had to leave the hotel to get breakfast. Cause our hotel breakfast sucked. And then, I did not get a lunch, basically, because every one of my games went to time. I had to do cleanup um, afterwards, and JJ luckily door-dashed us uh, lunch. We had Portillo's, uh, which is my favorite restaurant in Chicago, hands down. Um, I don't care what anyone says. I got two Chicago dogs. Um, mm, that was that was oh my god. The one I, the worst was it got there. I had enough time to eat one of them. And then we had to go to the next game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, get it I, in- I
1: sat there. I'm like, I'm not moving till so I finished my sandwich, and <laughs> I just ran to like set up. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> you got lucky because I I got one down, went to game four, and then because my game four ended early, I was I was able to eat another one. Um or no my game five ended early so i didn't get to eat again until my game five.
1: <laughs> oh man yeah that's a while, man because we we what stopped that game three to to order and yep. think, wow
0: yeah because game four i lost game five i won and i won well before time uh with that and uh that's the one i ate uh the hot dog of course. and then everybody's giving me shit. Sure you're gonna get sick from that i'm like At this point, I ain't got no food in my belly, so... Hey, it didn't have mayo, okay? It didn't have mayo, so... (laughs) It didn't have mayo, it didn't have ketchup, it didn't have... I don't know what was on it that would give me gut rot, so... And hot dogs are what, like, fortified with... Like, embalming fluid and shit like that, so, like, I think we're good. (laughs) Yeah, you're fine. And no, Greg, I got the pizza on Friday... No, on Thursday, and never once again ate that. And I got the chicken fingers on Saturday, or on Friday, and that was a mistake, too. Never will do that again. I will not. I, shun, I gave Son so much shit because he brought, like, food with him, and then now I go, next time when we stay at the hotel, I'm bringing a little, my my extra bag of snacks is not going to be a backpack. It's going to be this tiny little, like, soft cooler, and I'm going to have my, you know, salami and turkey... Italian sandwich, and I'm just going to keep the dressing on the side. You know, Italian dressing it doesn't have to be cold. Um, no, ma- I don't eat mayo, so it doesn't matter for mayo. <laughs> you know, I ate half a bag of beef jerky. How about that? I did that. That was good. Yeah. You had yeah. some of the beef jerky. You had some of my yes. beef.
1: It, it, was, uh, it was definitely a, a lifesaver because all I had were Cheez Its. So, yeah. yeah
0: <laughs> I did bring the beef jerky because that's like my. i. I'm working through my diet and that's like my go-to stack food. Um, And I knew the rest of the weekend, my diet was going to be shot no matter what I did uh, between the alcohol and um, uh, not being able to eat at real restaurants. So Saturday night, we did get to go out Saturday night at like 11 o'clock at fucking night to the sit down restaurant. But it was, I got to get some grilled chickens with some bruschetta. I got me some green beans uh, or no salad and mashed potatoes. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Hmm. I'm hungry. You're making me hungry. JJ. I
1: already <laughs> had dinner.
0: I had green beans and steak and asparagus for dinner.
1: <laughs> Healthy food. Yes.
0: Yeah. I got to I got to lose some weight here uh, before we have to go to tournaments in the summer where I sweat my off. <laughs> so I'd like to lose yeah. like 20 pounds and then maybe I'll sweat a little bit less. Yeah. Um, all right, so so let's start. You know, like so, I'm gonna i'll i'll start us off, and then we'll we'll, we'll move to JJ. And and what I wanted to do is um, talk a little bit about some of my experience. You know, what was good, bad, um, things that should be changed immediately, that type of thing. Um, that that's kind of where we're gonna go for the rest of, uh, of of the hour here. And essentially, I think um some of the, I think the tournament tournament overall was great. The people were really good. Um, I didn't run into very many people, um, that I did, I would never play again. Um, there was some people that were more peculiar about things than I was. Um, <laughs> but overall as a tournament, it felt similar to like what I had at crossroads, um, with more room actually. Um, and, uh, I Dion's daughter ran into my backpack, so there's that. You know, she walked right (laughs) into my backpack while standing there, and I felt bad. And I was like, "Sorry, maybe I shouldn't wear a backpack in here. (laughs) Maybe I'll just keep it by my side." Um, So even though it was crowded, it was very well done. I will say the side events um, went very well. Um, Dion and 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 team did a very, very, very good job at running the side events. Um, and I will tell you, duos has immediately been adopted into our local. 100%. Like, we're actually talking about doing a full-on tournament um, with we're, we're working on prize support and stuff like that uh, for duos. That's how much we thought that format was great, and we liked it. Um, we'll probably tweak it a little bit, um, especially because when you put two rebel lists with that stupid um, crew that... Uh, what was that crew that allows you to get target locks when somebody target locks a friendly ship oh uh ursa yeah ursa needs to be fucking nerfed into the ground um but yeah with the duels list and two people had it and then the opposing team had one it was like target lock target lock everybody gets a target lock it was like that spider-man meme except for it was with everybody else Um, that's
1: when marco yarrow on the u-wing comes in handy man she her value went up because she can you can have all the target locks in the world but you're only gonna re-roll one die so
0: that's it um so overall the, the the all the different things are fun um in terms of of that that piece so i think the tournament was run very well i would recommend dion in a heartbeat to run any other tournament that's out there And some of you kind of wishes he would quit his job and somebody would hire him full-time to just run tournaments. Um, Because the the only negative thing I had to say really about it, and it's really not even negative, is um, it was a little bit harder with prize support um, and running between events. Um, Yeah. That was a lot harder because I tried to go between events or between um, games on Saturday, and there just wasn't enough time. For me personally, because I didn't have an Alpha Strike list, so I did not get the time other people got um, to to do that. So,
1: yeah, uh, that absolutely. was that
0: would uh, tournament wise, that was my experience.
1: Yeah, for me, um, what I felt went really, really well here is just seeing the amount of people that still had the interest to play. I know that when we got. Um, when we got uh, into like the, the the physical like Swiss tourney, just seeing the amount of players going in and playing there. Um, at the same time, we had Legion and Armada having their own games on the like next to us around us. Um, but we still had a much, much larger presence in the game uh, with people actively wanting to play the game. Um, there were a lot of newer players in the in, in the tourney that were playing at Adepticon. Um, just from me speaking to some of my opponents and some of the people on the tables around me, a lot of these people, this was like their first time coming to like a major tournament. Um, they were still getting familiar with the 2.5 rules and the scenarios. Um, but it was a lot, a lot of fun um, just uh, to meet a lot of the new people and uh just having a talk about the game and enjoying it. You know, um, the other part that went really well, in my opinion, was Objective Play. I know that when Objective Play was first introduced, you know, we all had concerns about how it was going to play in a, in a scenario form or um, the scenario format was going to play out in tournament play. But it still felt good. Uh, we still had... Uh, a great time playing it. I felt it was still very, very competitive. And it did offer a different flavor than the standard deathmatch that we used to have all the time. While I still prefer having um, the deathmatch format uh, over scenario play, it was definitely nice to have that option. That being said, um, the during the, the Swiss cut, when we were going in between rounds, um, they would announce like what the scenarios would be. And after playing them for a little bit... Um, It felt, um, it it kind of felt repetitive after a bit, like the scenarios just kind of tended to like blend in a little bit. So I think that going forward, um, we definitely should have at at least two more scenarios that would help fill out a full six round tournament. Um, So that way, every round is different and help break out that monotony. Uh, for like in between the rounds and and kind of give it a different feel, um, but beyond that, I think that um, uh, there's also some tweaks that need to be done to certain objective points um, to to make them a little a little more fairer. I want to say, um, and uh, and and make the game a little bit better.
0: Yeah, so we could kind of get into that there uh, again, again, the The big thing here, right, was the overall experience, you know, and I agree with you. I think the objective play diversified it for me enough that I enjoyed it more than when I went to um, when I went to Crossroads. Mm -hmm. Now. The difference is, though, like you said, like being able to play the dogfight scenario almost seemed boring and harder to play. And I will tell you that's the one scenario in locals we did not practice at all <laughs> because I was like I got this. There's no way I could lose this because I know how to play this scenario. Um, that is incorrect. <laughs> so did you lose it. that scenario? I Lost. Yeah, I lost that scenario. <laughs> I jousted with a with a control list and lost two ships. You know, round first first engagement. But again, some of that's my fault for the engagement pattern. The other piece of it is. When you don't roll any green dice uh, other than two evades on, you know, I think the guy had like six or seven shots. What, what, what do you want me to do? You know, like yeah, <laughs> they're not yeah. going to live. So, um, <laughs> so if we go back to the tournament, right. And we talk about objective scenario play. I believe there's got to be tweaks Um, on a positive side. One of the things I'm excited about, right. <laughs> one of the lists is wrong. You're right. Um, But one of the things I'm excited about is the fact that they can easily put different types of scenarios out there for tournaments, for local play, for anything. And we don't have to buy a bunch of shit, right? They could put a tournament pack out. If they were smart, that's what they would do, but they don't have to do that. They, they don't have to do any of that. And I think that's a positive on a high level uh, because they can change um, without changing points per se, the different style of objectives Um, that we have to do. Now think about it this way. If we had eight scenarios that we had to play against, right? You're going to change everything you do all the time. And we played six rounds. Now think if we had eight scenarios, you'd have to practice all eight scenarios, figure out different ways around things, blah, blah, blah. On the opposite side though, because every one of the effing scenarios has the exact same, Objective objective placement style minus chance engagement. Once you know how to place objectives, whether you're first or second player, it all goes way too easy. And on yeah. that note, if you are first player and you you can dictate how to some extent objectives are placed, like hands down. Like I showed a picture earlier where where we had that, and and and, and that's that's the thing is like the first guy played. Goes, I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) I said, I'm sorry. I feel really bad for you. He's like, how long have you been practicing for this event? About a month. Not with this list, but with objective placement and things. We've been playing with the day they released, we went into the studio and started playing with them. Literally. Like, hands down. So, I had probably a good 25, 30 games going into Adepticon. Not with my list, but with objective play. Because I tried to make CIS.
1: Just to get familiar with them. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And... That was that was my argument. Like, unfortunately, the objective placement is somewhat solved to some extent. Like, there's too, there's not enough variance for it. Now, how you engage, how you do different things, all these other variables still can make it fun. But that that piece of it is a little troublesome. The other troublesome thing, and we haven't even gotten into the draws yet, because that's a that's another bee in my bonnet that that I I really and I argued with one of my teammates all day today. I do not like draws. I cannot stand them. But the other issue that that came down to it is the is the multiple style list. I shouldn't have to play Jedi Jedi's three times a day. I just shouldn't. You know, like the 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 creativity piece got narrowed down a little bit farther. I do think the opportunities with the loadouts and the style of how they create lists is higher. And I'll say that again. I believe the creativity level can be higher but because of how the points are structured right now it's not and 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 you can see by a landslide rebels and in Republic just slid through that and you want to know what's a break counter to interceptors freaking trajectory simulators <laughs> like like I bitched about that two weeks ago on the podcast if you were listening and I, I cannot stand them I think they should be banned period no matter what um and just in standard and be done with it i i i have no love for directory simulator whatsoever <clears throat> but i'm also the same mind that you should never be able to spend force on um offensive range zero shots because that affected me more than one time like fairness and jj you did not do it you you said you're gonna take as many people as you can get with trajectory simulators and get them banned. And how many <laughs> did we see in cut? We only saw three, damn it. Three.
1: I tried, damn it. I tried. <laughs> like
0: what the fuck JJ?
1: <laughs> no, I, I could definitely say that, uh, that in, in my game trajectory simulator was an always a threat. Um, they, they definitely help control the board for me, um, and if you're trying to get any sort of offense in there, um, just the, the the threat of the bombs um, going in there just just really messes up your um, your squad formation. I mean, in one of my games that I had, I was able to um, hit a a mace window that was attempting to to get into the middle and um, and try to get around me and still claim an objective. I hit him into uh with a with a proton bomb and then uh with sabine crew i was able to tractor him onto two out of my three cluster mines and he died and um that's that's points right there and he he got a total of like one shield off of me uh for his trouble um trajectory similars can be really really good um and not to say that they're not unbeatable because um, obviously I, I, I didn't make it all the way, um, but they do offer a really good uh, way of controlling the board, uh, the center of the board to make your opponent kind of want to stay away from it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so then we talk about other things, right? Other things that could be changed. And, and, and so I'm going to go in. We're, we're going to dive into draws in competitive play. Draws are bullshit. I'm just going to say it. I I vehemently disagree with them just on a whole like uh I and and yes, I'm probably a little bit more biased because I had two draws this weekend one in Saturday and one on Sunday and I will tell you in both of the games, neither one of us specifically went out of our way to create a draw scenario it 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 didn't happen um you know in in, in the case on Saturday in in the tournament they, the reason we had to draw is because I couldn't kill one of his specific ships and he couldn't kill one of my specific ships. Every time I'd roll two green nannies, he would roll two hits. That ship just lived way longer on both sides of the table than it should have. Um, and you can't change that. Now we could have gone after objectives a little differently. And maybe that's what this will teach us to get rid of draws. But I'm still saying a draw is a negative play experience, in my opinion, in a tournament situation. And I do I do personally have theories on how to fix that. But before we do those, JJ, what what is your thoughts on draw?
1: Well, I think that if uh, if draws are not going to be considered uh, when it comes to like making cut in tournaments, then there should be no draws at all. There should always be a clear winner and a clear loser. Um, in this particular case, um, from what I've heard, um, how the how they were at least um, during the Swiss cuts, uh, when people uh, both reached 20 at the same, they were just telling people to just you know go another round until they had a clear winner um, as long as there was time in the game. but there were a lot of cases where they didn't have that because uh, time ended right when those rounds ended. Um, I know that in the top cuts, they had people roll for, uh, for, for road, um, and whoever got the first player token, they, um, they won the game like that kind of like final salvo, but it's, um, it's, it's more fair. not, it's more fair, right? Cause each player is rolling three dice and then you're just comparing results at that point there. um, it's not an ideal situation where you want to just have people just rely on that, that final roll to try to see if they win. But at the same time, if you're a four and one and one player and you don't make the cut, you feel really bad, right? Because at that point, there's, no, there's nothing in the scenarios that we have currently for 2.5 that give any other secondary uh, conditions. Um, For victory in that case, which would be like, for instance, if the if the scenario for salvage mission would have, you know, um, the player who has the most players are tied whoever had the most salvage points. Uh, wins the game, or um, whoever had the most ship kills wins the game or something to that effect um, to help determine or make a clear winner in those scenarios, that would help that that problem out. Um, I, I do understand that for, in particular, in the GSB20, they did have an issue in terms of time and how much time they ha- they could have for the second day um, because the USP, uh, Adepticon basically only gave them until 4 p.m. Um, to finish out the event, Um, so by necessity, they had to um make sure that the top cut wasn't as um didn't have as many games for the top cut. That I can understand, but in other situations where that's not the issue, you definitely want to make sure that if you're not going to get players who um who had draws um and and did really well otherwise, except for that one game where they there's nothing they could do to break that tie that they. They have a clear understanding of uh, whether they they're going to go into the cut or not um, based on their their under um, the how they perform that they um, either by the strength of schedule um, or by um, by their win, uh, their graduated cut which would be X and one for instance and just eliminating draws and, and period for it you know and by adding those secondary objectives or making sure that the players roll that road a roll um, that definitely helps eliminate those. Ah, uh, those draws. Which um, honestly, I mean, if you if you got a draw and a Depticon, you pretty much took a loss, uh, which sucks. So,
0: yep. And that was that's what kept me out of faction prizes. I, if I had not had a draw for my last game, I would have made top cut, but I would have had faction prizes, and I would have been on the higher end of it because of my um my uh, whatever they call it the SAV or SOS or whatever. Yeah. You know. Um, because I had a pretty high strength of schedule. Um going into it, but the reason for me, the draw piece, right, the reason you can't have it in a competitive tournament, and, and I find ro- a road roll-off is the minimum I would see. In my opinion, you have different alternative wing conditions, and you can either na- you can either have the event organizer choose um, which ones they are, and you just have a set of them. So you have a set of five, or a set of four of them. These are the alternate wing conditions. The organizer picks it, or you can have ones that are set in stone. So for example, chance engagement, the tiebreaker is how many people got objective points, right? We know the ones in the center. How many times are you going to do that? And I will argue to the death of me, like a lot of, so, so the feedback I've gotten that I'm told I'm wrong is because it gives an advantage to a certain type of player. And my argument is, is that that type of player, this is again, this is going to be an ongoing discussion, I think in competitive play experience um, again, locally, we have a draw if I don't care and locally in a tournament where nothing's really big on the line. Like we had, like we did a local series um, where money was on the line, but it wasn't a lot, you know, like first place was 40 bucks. Second place was 35 and you know, uh, third place was 25 or something like that. Right. If yeah. if it came down to a draw in and I'm looking at a player, if they are somebody that owns a million dollars worth of shit, I'm going to force the road roll off. But if it's a new player, it's like, here you go ahead. Take the money, man. You know, like Buy something in the store, um, make make that store keep buying playing for us. And, um, anyway, the <clears throat> the issue I have with Cut is you know, and, and we're gonna have Crispy on on Sunday, and we're gonna this is gonna be a discussion that we're gonna have with Charles and Crispy because I think the idea behind draws is good to eliminate Final Savile. I hate Final Savile, but I'm gonna tell you, I had two draws. It was more common in this tournament. Than it was, and we could go through all the FN numbers, and maybe that's what I'll do. I'll tell you how many draws throughout the weekend to happen, and if we look at how many final salvos normally happen versus that, it's exponentially higher, yeah, just off the charts. And
1: yeah, to my that, knowledge, there was at least eleven that I knew of, and I'm sure that number is high.
0: So, yeah, I had two, higher. and I know there was two that didn't make cut because of because of it. So there's at yeah. least four at minimum. Oh, there's five because there was another one in on Sunday that had to draw two. Because mm-hmm. somehow he had higher strength to schedule than I did. Um, and so the problem I have in competitive play with it is the fact that if you offer these alternative win conditions that could either be randomized or could be done by somebody else, what you do is you create that idea in the mind ahead of time. So somebody knows. So if your list is an alpha strike list and you're like they're all a wings and b wing or all b wings and they're all you know like uh, arcs and lats you're just never gonna strike down in six runs you can then focus on objectives and if your list loses because you focus on objectives that doesn't mean that you're a bad player that doesn't mean any of that what it means is that the way objectives are working is is how they're supposed to right it's supposed to break up play styles it's supposed to be so that we just can't go in and just fly ships to kill things, that we have all these other little pieces and facets that fit together. And that's why I like objective play, because it creates a a more aggressive slash unique experience to obtain points. And I will tell you, I've learned, again, take my Nickel City stream last night. I didn't go for objectives because my opponent didn't, and then all of a sudden, guess what they did? Halfway through the game, towards the end of the game, they started going for objectives. And guess what? They went up until I could kill Sunfact, which... Got
1: you really I, up I, there. I yeah. got
0: me right back into the game. Boom. See you later, Sunfact. You know? Um. And it's funny because him and I actually rolled for it after the stream ended. <laughs> so I did it too hard with Grievous to get the objective and got me out of arc. I didn't know if a one hard would get me in arc and get me the objective, and guess what it did? And I also didn't rotate my bo hand to get three shot three dice versus two, which could have yeah. affected it as well. But when I rolled my grievous shots, it was four dice on on two. I had two hits, he had one evade, his um his ship would have died, I would have got three more points and would have won the game. In a tournament, that would have been huge, right? Yeah. And so the difference was is I went for a semi-alpha strikey list with one person going to get objectives. Um And he went for more alpha strike and halfway through switch. So I don't see these alternate wing conditions as actually something that affects how you play per se. I think it does affect how you play, but I don't think it affects it to give you an advantage is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. Uh, The other piece that we um, had talked about, because I, again, I think the games overall, I think JJ and I probably agree on this. The games overall were very interesting. Um it was definitely fun to play a different scenario every round. I will say that. I enjoyed yeah. not just trying to kill somebody else. Um, though I almost kind of wish we would have had two chance encounters. Um, yeah, even though my list doesn't fit for that, right? My list is not an alpha strike list, it's a control list. Um, but it would have given me a redemption <laughs> ability to try to try it again and not joust. Um, but uh, anyway, that I think objective play provides a lot of benefit to tournaments for creativity that we don't get when we just shoot each other and list building because all of our list building before used to have to be how do i kill the other player faster before they could kill me how do i get extra shots blah blah blah. double tappy like i'll tell you what cluster missiles are great but they're not very good in the long run like getting two shots on ships that have three agility that extra shot really didn't mean anything when I used cluster missiles, I'll be honest. And so for the main tournament, I dropped cluster missiles, but for the redemption tournament, I put them on. And that's where the prockets probably would have been better because I could have one shot at a ship. You know, I could have had those points faster. Um, so I think that's that there, there's a difference there. Um, but the difference is we got how many rounds? What was our My max round was six, I think.
1: Yeah, same here. And from just talking to all the different uh, players around me um, on my games, the average round count was about four to five. Um, So like four and a half rounds on average for most of the games. And they they weren't necessarily going to like a full 20 points Um, like in those games. A lot of them were just like just going to time and stuff. Um, a caveat to that: um, Dion did vary the round timer for every single round. Um, some of them were 70, seventy-two minutes, and some of them were seventy-eight minutes, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for each round. So you never really knew like when the final round was going to come. Um, but you know, just having that extra turn um, could make a difference um, for those games that um, that didn't uh, go all the way out to full twenty points. Um, or it would have resolved a lot of ties as well if they would have had just one more turn to resolve that tie. So,
0: And I will say on that note, I like not knowing the time per se for the pure fact that I spent more time actually just planning that that out. and every turn I was trying to say, how do I maximize my point count versus, OK, I have 10 minutes left. If I set my dials and I get three, sh- three turns of shots in, I'm going to win. Or if I get the, if they get three turns of shots, I'm losing because I have droids, right? You know, like it, uh, it takes that a uh, that that piece out of it. And I'm not gonna lie and sit there and say, well, before in the past, if I knew I had this many ships, I would run away. Now, not knowing that, you can't run away because there's objectives there. You run away, somebody's just gonna take your damn objectives, and boom, well now you're screwed. Um, I loved that piece of it. That yeah, th- w- but that drives ties and draw or draws, right? That's what that drives, but. I liked it and I thought it in my games on Sunday in my games it mattered more than it did on Saturday. On Saturday most of the games uh were blowouts on either side. Um I had one game against Corey that was not a blowout which was my second game which I won by killing his lat. Um which he was not happy about. <laughs> and that's because we're teammates and it's sad that when teammates have to go against each other that was like of all the 185 people somehow him and i have to play each other and i didn't believe you when you told me i was gonna face Corey. i was like you're full of shit i'm gonna refresh my phone <laughs> i walked up there and i sat down i was like hey are we facing each other Corey?" he's like i don't know i was like all right well jj said we're on the same table i guess i better look that up if you don't know and i don't know he's like good look and i was like damn it we are
1: yeah, t- to be fair, I was actually like not looking forward to playing you. I was like, "This guy knows my trick. He knows what I'm gonna do." <laughs> I was just <laughs> praying that we weren't gonna meet.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, we, you and I never did. Weirdly enough, I thought we would have crossed paths through at some point. Yeah, um, some of the things that I think have to change. Obviously, point structures.
1: Here. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that because I think that um while. It's a good idea, in my opinion, that they they separated the loadout points from like the ship points, um, so that way they can like adjust individual ships, you know, for how many points or what they can like carry and stuff like that at their loadouts. Um, I think that there's a lot of overlap for points for different ships that have way way different value than um, than the other ones at the same cost. Um, for instance, like the i five uh, contrail on on the republic, that should not be a two point list. I'm sorry, it, it should be a minimum like a three or four point ship because of the initiative that it carries. Now you compare that to like let's say a um, like Derek Clivian on the on the rebellion, which is an A wing, right? It's still a fast ship. But it's an initiative four, and all it could take is vector cannons. Yes, that gives a little more time on target, but at the same time, it's it's okay for a two point ship, um, and it, it feels like there will be a lot more variety if they can open up like the points a little bit, so that way you can slot those ships in those in between points right because you can't put them in like a 2.5 cost right or like a 3.5 um and like a, if you take a look at the, the differences between the um the the yt 1300 pilots you know between scum and uh and the rebellion um the scum Han should not be the same price as rebel Han, in my opinion um the rebel hon gets a lot more utility with its re-rolls than Scum Hunt does. Uh, Scum Hunt needs a lot of work to make it work uh, consistently uh, for what it can do. So um, I think that by increasing those points, um, you get a lot more granularity between the different pilots. But at the same time, if you're going to do that, you also need to increase the amount of points you need for objective scenarios for that. Now, increasing it from 20 to 40, um, it does seem like a big jump, but you can simply adjust how many points you're getting per objective um, to match what it was prior, or you can even make some objectives worth more uh, or less, depending on where they are in the board um, or for any future scenarios that way. And I think that really opens up design space later on for objectives and, um, and helps the, the game a little more complex and, and making you um, consider certain objectives uh, more than others um, in objective play.
0: Yep. And I, I kind of like that. I think that adds a complexity to it that I don't think they're willing to do because it's going to be harder to keep track of. Um, but I do, to some extent, agree with you. I think the other thing you could do with objective play is you could change, you know, you could pick on each different scenario. You know, so for example, in the ones where you swarm a satellite, you can change it. So there's only three of them in the game. Right. Right. Each player gets one in the center one. Because with swarms, it's easy to keep two of them. I mean, yeah, it. I was able to get four points just by moving slower, and then my opponent did the same thing. So I mean, in fairness, it worked out the same way. But again, it's not it's not accomplishing what AMG wants, and that's a. I think the problem with because AMG did these things not a hundred percent, in my opinion, with competitive play in mind. I am flying Republic, which I've done before, but I flew a swarm style Republic because that's my play style. Um, If that had not existed, I would have flown a tie swarm or an interceptor swarm. That's what I would have done. Um, And I swerved to a a, a different faction specifically because I knew it was more powerful. It was testing better than other ones, Um, but it didn't make me go to engage anymore Right. I I wasn't I I figured out or tried to figure out what are my win conditions and how do I do these things because I don't actually care to some extent about engaging with my opponent. If I could fly past you and collect objectives, I didn't didn't give two poops. You know, it's like, all right, see ya, have a nice you know, like I'm gonna go get my points and run. Um, and so if AMG's goal is to create a more engaging experience, I think we changed the objectives that we currently have slightly. Um, the other one that we had the scramble the transmission, right, where you have to claim it, you put your token on it, it's yours. I think those should be removed at the end of the round. That was a suggestion that came from our group. Yeah. Remove them at or- the end of the round.
1: And think about this as, as, a, as a point counter, right? How about the, the objectives that are more difficult to get to because if they're like more towards the center of the board give you more points versus the ones that are towards in empty space, like in your friendly areas. So like, let's say if you're going for the middle objective, that will be worth two or maybe three points. And the ones on the outside on your side only still worth one. Um, that, that gives you more an incentive to go in to try to control that centerpiece Um, Or even the objectives are within like range two. give them a, a buff and you make them two points instead of just one. So that way you get a lot more interaction for those places and not just hang out and just, you know, stick with one. And that would work well in the scenario where you're going for more points for more objective points. Um, to to help you win the game, um, because that encourages you to try to at least start engaging at those more value points rather than just hanging out in the background, just waiting to to, like auto generate those or farm those objectives for points, you know?
0: Yep, and you again, that that is definitely a possibility, and that's especially saying the center one is two. The only issue you have is, um, with decloaking, uh, that they. Again, now you're benefiting certain lists a little bit more. I mean, can you imagine bringing a Kylo in Uh, and decloaking a Kylo with Sensor Scramblers? Boom, he's right there. He's going to be in the middle objective. You ain't going to kill him, and he's just going to run after that.
1: That's fine. I'll I'll suggest assimilate some bombs over there. That's fine. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: you get <laughs> the clog right into it. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine because if he runs away, then he no longer controls that center objective, right? And that's that's well, kind of the point,
0: right? Like yes and no. I mean, when you claim it, yes. But but th- that was the theory. Is and the other thing you could do is say we could look at if your opponent has three objectives and you have two, you get you subtract and you get the difference. Yeah. So if they have three and you have one, you get two points and they get one point or something like that. Yeah, um I
1: think that's fair. Yeah. That like would be
0: that. another option uh to do uh, for, for tournaments. And, and and again, I don't want to get rid of objective play. I've been very happy moving towards objective play um personally because I like the challenge it brings. All I can say is I hope to god they change points. Um and and, and so this is what we talked about locally on our way home is our, we have ideas, kind of like what we mentioned here, where we want to change some of the objectives. What I'm hoping is that other communities will get on board with it. So, right, so we're stuck with this. So, this is what we're going to play competitively, unless a 2.0 scene comes about somehow, where they're going to have the same style, prize support, support, and the amount of players that you get at some of these other ones. Without that, we're stuck with 2.5. So my theory is is they're going to take all this data, blah, blah, blah. And what I'm hoping we can convince the Diones and the Ryan Farmers and the Greggs um, and the Scots of the world is to adopt and test out some of these alternate formats and see if there's a variance in how you play, right? And how many objective versus mission points are scored. Because... If we can move to that and we can demonstrate to AMG, here's a couple of solutions. I think if we're being on the positive side, they're open to change and they're open to making slight minor tweaks. I will say, um, I will say the one thing that they will not do is double the points. JJ, you're never going to get 40 point list. That's just, it's not going to happen.
1: Like no, no, no not 40 points, just this objectives. Objectives.
0: You're not gonna get 40 point objectives as, as, as they're not <laughs> going that's that's you're being hopeful there. Um
1: which I ran on Gina, so yes.
0: <laughs> you did it. Did you ever use it?
1: <laughs> no, nope, because I always forgot. Yeah.
0: And and Greg, I guess Greg, I'll disagree with you on that. I'll just openly say I disagree with you. And you don't have to do it. We're 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 going to try to figure out a way to try to um help. And see if there's a way if they will listen. I think if they change points, they are willing to listen. I think I, I agree, they're not willing to listen on certain things. They're not going to change the 40 points, they're not going to get rid of objectives, they're not going to um do any of these other things, but they have changed their opinion on how they see the the community, right? Um they, they, they have changed to some extent, and they are listening whether we agree with how they listen or not. They're not going to go back. I, I, again, okay, you want to know how? You really want to know how. They they are changing. They What they did is they provided information to us on some of the changes well ahead of time. And That was never something that was ever done. We vocally said we want to know what are you guys planning? Are you going to keep X-Wing alive? They, they did that. They came 100% on board and did that. They haven't made any specific changes because there hasn't been anything to change yet. They're not going to... That is a change from AMG compared to what FFG. Compared to what we had, they're listening more. They've gone on the podcast. FFG never once went on a podcast to some extent. They never were in the chats. They were never answering questions. They were not engaging in the rules. They weren't doing that. FFG never partnered with artists the same way that AMG has. And I don't... Again, I don't agree with what all these other artists are saying. But they aren't... I, They aren't... They are, to some extent, listening... Compared to what they were before.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they have gone on to you know like obviously like fly better and to some extent gsp to like you know mouth you know what the changes are going that they're to make into the game um are they necessarily listening to player feedback all the time i i can't really say for sure yes or no um you know they they've had an agenda to do what they want to do with the game um, from the beginning and that's what they want to set up and accomplish and now i think they're just in the phase right now where they're just sitting back to see what happens collect data and probably react to it um it's unfortunate that we don't have like a um like a time frame um where they're planning to make changes to the game and everything like that we can only hope that just like they were teasing like the changes for 2.5 from 2.0 that if they just do decide to make any changes that they are open and communicate those changes that they want to do in the future for the game um, based on information that they're getting from the tournaments like con or any online events that may happen from the different uh, podcast groups that are holding those tournaments and hopefully be more communicative in the beginning. Um, what they have done so far, a lot of people don't agree with what they do. Um, I, I totally understand that. And I do agree with a lot of people and to that extent. But at least they're willing to try to make something. Is it something that we all like? Probably not because it's very difficult to please everybody. But at the same time, you know, it, it's it's still early. And this is a very big tournament that we got. And we're hoping that with all this information that a- AMG got from this particular tournament, that hopefully they're paying attention and make some lists. I, I rather have that hope to hope um, that they do something to adjust the game to make the game a little more balanced um, and make those changes for the game to keep the game alive. Then for them to say, well, we tried and that's it. Uh, X-Wing is complete. I, I would not want that to happen
0: yeah. at all. So. so I've been around for since 2020. So I'm not here before that. I don't know what FG did before that. Since I joined the game, FFG has been silent. You know, when they went on Gold Squadron after they've been ousted. Who did an interview in 2020? Who did an interview in 2021? One person. Sure. Uh, so uh, fine Maybe they did before And that's great They did it before I could tell you I could go back to other posts People have complained People have complained That FFG is unresponsive That they uh, do not interact with their community That the changes were solid How about this I have experience with FFG from Destiny So you, we could talk about AMG's experience I don't have a AMG experience until now I have past FFG experience and FFG was a shit company and they did shit things because of their parent company Asmodee because there's a the money for it. I came from Destiny. The way they they ran that was bullshit. It was a money grab for them at the end. They literally did everything they could to ensure the fact that they got the enough money to cover their costs for their last segment. And yeah, you're right. It's aimed. It's it's Asmodee, but I'm telling you they were in the streams for GSP answering questions they have been in the streams and have graciously taken questions from x-wing players in non x-wing streams we don't always like their answers I will agree with everybody 100% on that but the difference is is if our goal as a community is to work towards in helping change the future as much as we can all we can do is provide statistics back If they don't listen in six months, then fine. I'll eat pro. You can put me on screen and I'll fly one ship and you can all fly a bunch of ships and just shoot me and feel you can kill me over and over again. I don't know. I'm not going to give you money, but, you know. i will give you an escape craft. You you can give me an escape craft. (laughs) If I kill any one of you, though, then that's sad. (laughs) I'll fly an autopilot drone. I'll 100% fly an autopilot drone. Actually, I would like for them to take the pips off that. And I would run a list with nothing but autopilot pilot drones. That would be amazing.
1: I mean, hey, it could be good in, in objective play. Three <laughs> turns to, to three, win a game. Three turns. I did explode. Yeah, that's fun.
0: <laughs> you just need one ship. One <laughs> ship. The other thing we're going to try to do is make, uh, what's that resistance droid um, that allows you to come in at the end of the game?
1: Oh, yeah, the GA-97. Yep. It's the resistance. It's the resistance. <laughs> we
0: would love to make it's the resistance bot a thing. That would be amazing. Alright. Well, thank you all for joining us. We will not have a game stream this week. If you want to uh, watch game streams, Greg is streaming tomorrow night. Um, I don't know who Greg has on, but Greg is streaming tomorrow night um, if you want to watch some stuff. Otherwise, we will be back on Sunday night um, with Charles, hopefully, as long as he's not too busy, and Crispy from... I don't know where Crispy's from, but from I, I know him from Nickel City. That's the only place I know him from. <laughs> um, anyway, so as much as I disagree with you, I have always agree with you and we're all on the same team and we want to somehow make this game last as long as we can make it last especially for the dollar investments that we have right. uh, anyway thank you all for joining us we'll be back Sunday night 9 p.m. Eastern have a good night everyone